Hi, I'm Ben Richardson, and you're listening to the Karate Podcast, where we talk about karate, the competitive sport of Kumite, and the warrior's journey. Brought to you in association with Kumite Coach, the world's first progressive online high-definition coaching platform, created by coaches and fighters for coaches, fighters, and students of karate. Join KumiteCoach.com today and take your karate to the next level. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Karate Podcast. I'm really excited today to have with us two online kata champions, uh, Andrea Gonzalez and Stella Vasilou. Stella is a fourth down JKS, currently ranked first in the sports data online tournament rankings, a place held for over 18 months and includes the Sports Data World Series. She's also a tournament medalist uh, competing at prestigious events such as the Central England Open, where she was Masters Champion in 2019, West Midlands Masters Champion, uh, the Elite Championship in the Seniors event, Silver Medalist, and KDF Senior Silver Medalist in 2020. Andrea is a third Dan in Gojiru, currently ranked third in the Sports Data Online Tournament Rankings, a multiple e-tournament medalist, 2019 Gojiru World Championship Masters Champion and a 2017 European Gojiru Masters Champion. We are very excited to have you. Thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast, ladies. Thank you very much Thank for you. having us. <laughs> so I just wanted to start, could we just get a brief insight to what your experience of competition was like prior to the pandemic and going into an online format. So what, what, what was your experience? Did you compete often? Um, were you successful in that arena? Can you just give us a bit of background really? Okay, shall I go first? Yes. Um, <laughs> so I did a little bit of competing in um, Shotokan only tournaments and lo local tournaments uh, really for quite a long time. Um, I started karate when I was nine and did a little tiny bit of competing when I was young and then none for a long time. And then a, a little bit when um, I picked up karate again in my twenties, um, but never really got into competition very seriously until I decided um, just after I'd done my fourth down grading that I'd like a new challenge. and. Uh, I tried out for the JKS England squad uh, in 2020, and uh, we then immediately went into lockdown. So that was a big shame. So I'd had a little bit of competition experience before then, um, maybe leading up to that, um, to those trials, maybe a, a year um, of sort of trying out competition to see if it was something I was interested in, but not a huge amount. I think, I think Andrea's had much more experience than me. What was it like? you <laughs> well uh, um i started karate actually only nine years ago so um the first thing i did was um going with uh, with the uh, kids to, to the competition as a coach and as a trainer mm. and i started actually to make me complete for for, for this job mm. and yeah that's 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 how I started, and I, I made a few competitions in in Switzerland, and the first um, international competitions were in uh, in uh, Bojuriu actually also also 
and yes, then I, I <laughs> had the first uh, big competition in in Portugal, two thousand seventeen, yeah. uh, which I could win, <laughs> and two thousand nineteen, uh, I I was in Malaysia for the World Championship, Fantastic. and. Yeah, it was actually uh, with the online tournaments the same. I wanted to be a good example for 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 the students, for 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 the kids um, to yeah. enter it, and and the motivation was low. So that's that was the reason. Fantastic. And what what was your initial expectation of online tournaments? For me, I, I didn't expect very much at all, to be honest. I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I thought that it would just be a good way of staying motivated and a way of having something to you know, train towards. I, I think it's so important to have a goal. And that was very difficult during lockdown. So having something to train for was really exciting and a really positive thing but i i had no idea what to expect really and and it was the, the first experience i'd had of experience of, of competing properly internationally and i mean i fully expected to be out first round in my first competition because because i just um yeah i i assumed that everyone else would be a much more seasoned competitor than me and and um and and yeah, I, I didn't really know what would happen. And, and when I saw who I faced in the first round in that first competition, I just remember thinking, well, uh, you know, at least I had a chance to do one kata, you know, <laughs> because I, I thought I'd be out straight away. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, it's it's been an incredible learning experience actually, because I, that was the first one, and I've done sixty-eight now in total wow. <laughs> over two years. <laughs> wow. And um, did did the uh... Did the sort of online scene change over the, the course of the pandemic? Did things improve? Did they get worse in terms of the tournament levels? Um, how, did, how did that journey unfold? Like, <laughs> it's, it's a, that's a tricky question. I think that the, um, for me anyway, uh, and initially I think there was lots of interest and I think a lot of people were excited to have something to participate in because everything else was inaccessible and everything else was closed so there was um, a lot of enthusiasm initially and then I think as around the world clubs began to see how successful tournaments were um, they increased in number rapidly and I think the quality improved as well and there were some excellent performances I think in you know in some of these competitions yeah. um, and I think a lot of people might assume that the standard is quite low because you're submitting a, a film you know a video and yes you can record yourself multiple times and submit your best take but you still have to do it and you still have to produce something that is good enough for you to want to submit it yeah. And I, you know, I can tell you from having competed now so many times that the, the standard has been really high. Um, and, you know, it's been really interesting for me to see really high quality performances in other styles. Like, you know, I've got to know through Andrea's kata, you know, for instance, some really interesting Godiru and Shito Ru katas that I didn't know really before. Yeah. 
and um, to learn a lot from how other styles perform their kata as well. Yeah, fantastic. And Andrea, how would you say, um, Andrea, sorry, how would you say that uh, it differs emotionally doing a live tournament versus the online tournaments? Is it a different feeling for you or do you approach the tournament with the same mindset? Uh, it, it, it's harder to, to make a video, actually. It's, it's, it's not a live performance mm. uh, you do. Uh, it's it's um, a totally different thing because you, when, when you make mistakes and you're not happy with, with uh, your kata, you can, you can do it again. Yeah. And that, that is another challenge to mm. do because um, you, maybe you're not happy with the first one, with the second one, with the third one. And <laughs> so um, there is a point, it's, it's, it's um, just not going to be better. <laughs> and um, you have other challenges, for example, um, how, how to, to um, make sure that the, the referees on the other side through a camera can see your focus, your mm. your power, yeah. and you have only one side. For example, you 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 choose a kata where you can see um, your skills, mm -hmm. and uh, most of the kata is maybe from backside, <laughs> and, yeah. and that's that's a, a challenge. Yeah, Absolutely. actually, I think just following on from that you know, in a real life competition, if you like, then the referees see what they see from their angle, yeah. you know, and in those two minutes, that's it, they make a decision. Whereas when they watch a video, they can pause it, they can look really closely, you, they can study what you do in yes. much, much more forensic detail. And actually, I think that can make it a more difficult thing to do. Mm. And I wonder if viewing the cat are at the same angle for each referee, Mm. Yeah, it makes a difference in terms of how they rate the performance. As Andrea said, you know, live, one guy might see it from the left side only or from the, the back only. Yeah. One guy's only seeing you know, the front side. But here, all, all referees are on the same playing field as well. True, yeah, true. Um, okay, so in terms of how you got ready for the competitions, because obviously when, when we're doing a live competition, there's often that sense of the week before, you know, I'm going to change, I'm going to taper my training, or I'm going to do certain things building up to a competition. You guys were doing, you know, lots and lots and lots and lots of back-to-back -back competitions. Mm -hmm. um, did you have to adjust the way you were training in order to, you know, be ready for those performances? I think for me, um, I was very limited with space. So I am um, very lucky that I have a, a, a small garage where I can train, but it's too small to do a whole kata. Um, and I was very fortunate to be able to use the Can Do Martial Arts Dojo to film my kata, but it wasn't always possible to train very much there. So what that meant was that I ended up working much more than I would normally on just small sequences. So I would, I would just repeat the same short sequences over and over and over and try and perfect those as much as I could in isolation yeah. um, 
which I think was really beneficial in some ways. But the difficulty of that is, of course, you then have to fit that small combination into, into the whole kata and make it all of the same standard. Um, but it, it gave me a new way of training, which I am, um, I actually really enjoyed. And that forces you, that limited space forces you to be creative as well. So not just repping the same combinations, but trying to find interesting ways of um, developing speed, like, you know, using some resistance or, you know, using ankle weights or, you know, whatever you can get hold of using a slam ball or whatever to try and um, improve your speed and your balance and your power. So yeah, um, yeah for me, that was, that was how I went about it. Well, for me, um, the making videos itself was was a very good training yeah. already. Yeah, it's, you, yeah, it's close to a competition, and 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 you're you're trying to do your best and and full speed katas. So yeah. for me, that was already a really good training. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think a, a lot of um, competitors don't watch themselves perform. You know post event some some do but I'd, I'd say a lot of the people i know don't so you now obviously if you're doing an online submission you, you have to look at your own performance and you have to critique it which is often you know you're often the the toughest critic of your own uh actions aren't you mm. oh definitely and you're you're so right you know when you are filming often you know the same small group of kata re repeatedly obviously every time you want to you every time you do it you want to do it better than you did it the last time so yeah. you are looking very very closely at, at details that maybe you wouldn't see um if you were you know training for a normal competition and i think andrea is absolutely right that repetition of full speed kata has just really taught me how valuable that is you know in any other situation there's no way i would have done as many full speed kata as i have over the last 18 months um, and, and there is no replacement, actually, I think, for that kind of training. Yeah, fantastic. And um, so the next question, what, what um, were some of the biggest challenges you faced as part of the online tournament scene? Do you want to go first for this one? Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think the, the biggest challenge was, was actually to... to um, bring all um, the emotion to on this video because it's it's um it's much easier to 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 stand right in front of the people and, and the referees yeah and this um it's 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 not visible sometimes on the videos mm. Mm. that was biggest challenge for me <laughs> yeah I think you're right oh, you're right you lose that adrenaline that you can have from being watched by people um I think there's a challenge in just the relentlessness of the online circuit because you know once you're achieving well in the rankings it becomes a bit addictive and you don't want to lose your place so you, yeah. you kind of think well I'll just do one more and one more and finding time to to actually film those was a real challenge especially as um, things began to open up again and it became more difficult logistically to find somewhere to actually film at a reasonable time and fit in with work and so on. So there were practical challenges. Um, and emotionally, I think it, it's quite challenging as well, because whereas normally, you know, in, in my, my one year of, of doing 
real life competition um, experience. I, I think I maybe did four or five competitions in a year. And so after your competition, you have time to process your emotions and reflect on it and you know think, think about it and prepare for the next one. Whereas during the online tournaments, uh, you know, in, in the World Series 2020, I was sometimes competing three times a week, <laughs> you yeah. know, and so the emotional pressure of that is incredibly intense and, and trying to learn from one performance and improve for the next time and not be too despondent when you lose really dramatically and but also not be too excited when you win because you've got another one to prepare for for tomorrow mm. <laughs> so staying level-headed basically and um, yeah. and persevering even when it's unpredictable and, and difficult yeah absolutely and did you did either of you feel that you were challenged uh in terms of the validity of competing online versus you know competing in a um i guess a physical tournament format or a live format did you come up against any kind of um resistance from other karateka around that subject i mean i i definitely um have heard people say oh well online tournaments are not real tournaments you know and just dismissing it out of hand and of course those are people that haven't competed in them <laughs> and have no experience of them often yeah. And I think it is very easy to dismiss anything, any kind of competition that, or anything that you haven't done yourself, you know, as not worthy or not equal to what you know. Um, mm. But certainly in, in my experience, it was as rigorous and possibly even more, more so because I was competing, am competing internationally with international um, referees, uh, you know, so in, in my view, it's the best challenge that is possible during a difficult time. Yeah. I don't know if it was the same for you, Andrea, if you found people that said the online tournaments weren't as good or... Yes, that, that's uh, um, why I actually started as an example for, for, for others. Yeah. And uh, I, I also made videos for, for um, some teenagers and kids uh, as well and I think it's um, the, the the motivation in this time was really low yes that was absolutely a good thing to do yeah fantastic um so what value do you feel that online holds for um any competitor not just people who've been online but you know just competitors now you know hopefully we're moving to a post-covid scenario yeah. tournaments you know a few are going to open this year and then hopefully next year we're back to our live circuit do you do you think there's value there you know in light of the the live circuit reopening definitely i mean what i think the online tournaments have offered us both is something to train for for a start so the motivation to continue training and um you know just the opportunity to have something to focus on which is really really beneficial but more specifically than that i think the benefits have been in that kind of forensic analysis of of our kata i feel like i've learned so much more from filming and watching myself over and over again and asking my coaches to to look at my kata as well and give me feedback yeah. and, and we've you know looked at each other's kata as, as well and, and you know given each other feedback as well you know which is something 
I would never have dreamt of before. Um, you know, so that that's hugely beneficial. Um, and oh, I was going to say something else now, and I've just forgotten what it was. Um, so yeah, in, it, absolutely. In terms of uh, sort of training and, and the benefits there, um, and I, I hope that the opportunity will continue to compete internationally in this way because, of course, there's a, a financial benefit as well. You know, to be able to compete against people from Switzerland, France, Germany, Italy, Trinidad and Tobago, you know, without having to travel and, and um, yeah. you know, the, the time and money associated with that. Um, so it's it's kind of opened up the world in for me in a, in a way that was, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have really dreamt of before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as a, as a coach, I could see the benefit in that being potentially, you know, used as a format to prepare people for tournaments as well you know rather than rather than just saying right you got a tournament in a month's time you need to start training while you can hold people accountable to those train you know to that training by entering them into these online tournaments where you know they're going to have to submit multiple cats like you said film multiple sessions Mm. uh you know so from my own perspective i can see you know that would be a great training tool as well yeah, I, I also think that um, um, you you pay attention to other things. You have to pay attention to other things when you're making a video, mm. yeah. which can be very useful for real life competitions too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, were there think, any, sorry, go on. Sorry, Ben. I was just going to say, um, obviously, we're talking about kata, you know, because that's the discipline that we compete in. But mm. I, I have heard quite a lot of. Um, you know, hostility towards the the attempts to do online kumite competitions as well, which is where, you know, people have basically submitted videos of them um, demonstrating combinations and techniques against a, a still target. And again, obviously that's not kumite and obviously that's not the same as a, a live competition, but it's still an opportunity, an opportunity and a training opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I really respect the, the karate athletes that have chosen to participate in those events as well, um, because they've shown that just because the normal opportunities to compete are not there, they're going to make the most of what is available. Yeah. And um, I think that that's really laudable and um, and really impressive. And it, it, again, it's easy to criticize, you know, and say, oh, well, what's the point? Well, the point is you're training, you've got, you know, you're working, you're getting better and you're better prepared when you go back to live competition. Yeah, no, I'm, I fully agree. I think, you know, we've got to create the circumstances in which we, we want to find ourselves rather than, you know, just accepting those circumstances and then not really moving forward. Yeah. Um, were there any unexpected moments um, while you were competing online that challenged the way you viewed your own karate or the the way you currently practiced your karate? Kind of touched on that a bit, but I think for, so. For me, Andrea, I think this is, this is really funny, but I have a record of all of my scores um, for every competition, and um, I've kind of kept a, um, a spreadsheet of my average scores for different kata and, and stuff. And, and it, that's been really enlightening, actually, for me, because it's shown me that the katas that I thought were my best are not um, yeah. on average. So that has been really interesting. And I think being given such specific feedback has really just enabled me to improve you know I look at the cattle that I was performing 
in the few videos I have from maybe 2019. And I'm really heartened to look at those and think, wow, I know I do this better now. And yeah. I can point to specific things and say, oh, I can't believe I used to do that. And then, you know, now I, I feel that I've made progress and it's, it's small and it's slow, but it's there. And I can take some encouragement from that. I think. Fabulous. Andrea, anything to add? Well, I, uh, for me, um, I, I think in, in, in real life competitions, I, I um, trained uh, the katas. I, I, for, for this competition, maybe three or four, maybe five katas. And um, I, of course, I choose this ones I feel, felt comfortable with mm. and, and I, I wanted to win with it, with them. But uh, in, in uh, making videos um, allows me to, to try new things and, and I mm. can repeat it. And, so I, I tried new katas and, and that's that was very a very good thing actually. That, that's true actually. Yeah. You have the opportunity to be a bit more yeah. daring, maybe, and to experiment in a way that you might not be prepared to do when mm. you know you've got one competition, you know, in these three months and 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 you're it's really important that you perform your absolute best. If you're doing, you know, two to a week or you know one a week or whatever then it gives you the opportunity to be a bit more flexible and say okay let's try this and and see what happens yeah and if you, you know it's not the end of the world if it goes terribly wrong <laughs> yeah and um, would you see online uh competition you know being an advantage for competitors now uh, moving into the live circuit where they have that dual mode of assessment of uh training of you know like cater development like andrea mentioned there Oh yeah, I think that there, you know, there are real possibilities there, and it would be a shame if we lost, you know, what has become quite a, a well-honed system. Uh, lots of things have changed in the in the e-tournament system since the the first day. So, for instance, in the first what, the competitions for the first few months, uh, you would have a twenty-four hour window only to film and submit a cata for that round. Um, and now it's much more flexible. You have one match code um, that you have to display for all of the rounds so you can film all the catters at once. Uh, it, that makes it much, much easier for people practically to find a space where they can film and um, just makes it easier to submit videos you know, in one go rather than over a series of days. So, um, yeah. you know, I think that the fact that it's been so it's sort of it, it's built up to a system which I think works really efficiently and really effectively now um, means it, it's a it's a good system and it would be a shame to lose it and especially given that it could be of, of real benefit to real life competition you know I, I certainly would appreciate the opportunity to continue um, to compete at that level with people like Andrea you know um, and and because she pushes me you know, if I see that, if I if I know I'm at a, a, a competition and Andrea, I meet Andrea in the first round, I think, okay, I'm going to work really, really, really hard to do the best cancer that I can. Um, you know, and that's not to say that there are rounds that are easy, um, but, you know, that the it, it's good to meet high, quali high quality competitors. And I think it's fair to say that, you know, in certainly in this country, the Masters competition circuit is quite small. Um, certainly in the women's event, there aren't loads of competitors, you know, um, of our age. So 
it's, there's a it's a great opportunity I think there just to to meet like-minded people and and compete at a serious level um, and be challenged to do your absolute best. Fantastic. Um, and Andrea, what what do your goals now look like as a, a competitor uh, post post COVID? Now we've got live tournaments coming back. Um, you've obviously been a strong competitor in the e-tournaments. Um, have your goals changed as a result of your experience in the online tournaments? Uh, well, uh, actually, my next competition, it's uh, in September already. It's uh, international. It's um, in, in Switzerland. Great. And um, I think um, if it's still there if it's still possible i i will look um the e-tournaments as a part of um, prepare for mm. a real competition yeah they're great and stella have you got any uh any changes that you've made to your own competitive outlook well i so i qualified you know I, I got a place in the the jks england squad and then never had the opportunity to represent the squad so i'd like to do that um you know yeah. getting older so uh it, it's only getting more difficult but um that would be that would be something i would really love to do um and and yeah just to to represent what i think is a fantastic association and um and also you know andrea talked already about setting a good example for students and um you know for young competitors and i think you know people people stop competing um you know at a particular age and i it's not like i've got a very long competition experience to retire from but i'd like to think that um by continuing to compete you know i can show other members of my club and maybe even younger members of the association that you know you can be in your 40s and still be giving it a good go you know you can still do a good kata and just yeah. because you get to a certain age that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be competitive whether that's with yourself or you know in a in a competition situation so yeah so i i hope that you know seeing us continue to compete makes the members of our clubs look at us and think okay you know i can do that and um, so I'd like to keep going a little bit longer just for that purpose too. Fantastic. And um, just a final uh, question. How did, how did you both view the Olympics in terms of the event? And you know, what did it give you uh, to, uh, in terms of a spectator, but also a competitor? You first. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, first of all, it was, thrilling to have karate in the olympics i mean what a fantastic opportunity to showcase you know our arts it was it was so wonderful that it was there and that it was in tokyo as well i was disappointed to be honest that we didn't have more coverage in the uk on the on the television that was a, a real shame yeah. um but i think what it showed me was you know when you look at the kata that are being performed at that level um just the the detail and the you know the, the the quality of those performances of everyone even in the the qualification tournament you know in, in Paris um in a way you know I've watched that and thought oh, it's such a shame that they can't all go because yeah. the quality is just so impressive and yeah. um, I just I just think it's a fantastic inspiration really um you know to to watch people 
at the very top and to think, okay, this is the very best that our sport has to offer. Um, and I use the word sport there, but of course, you know, I recognize that, that there is a, a lot of traditional karate in sport kata. Um, and I know that there's, there's a lot of debate about whether karate should have been in the Olympics or not, and whether it turns it into a sport and rather than preserving the traditional art. But I think that celebrating, you know, the very best of what athletes can do in karate can only be a good thing. So uh, I'm, I'm delighted that it was in the Olympics and I hope it will inspire a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Andrea, you got I remember Andrea with nothing to say, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy the the olympic karate andre <laughs> i think that was did you enjoy the olympics sorry you cut out a bit then yeah yeah did you enjoy the olympic karate uh of of course um uh, we, we we had a, a competitor from from switzerland i know was there in in kumite and yeah, it's what, what Stella said. It, 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 they didn't show us a lot of it. <laughs> so no. I, it was a, a little disappointment, but of course, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, I want to thank you both for joining me today on the podcast. It's been really nice to talk to you both and get an insight to the world of online competition. I think there's a lot of value, you know, there for, for all competitors to, to learn from and grow from. Um, and I think like anything, you know, as technology changes, you know, the world changes with it and uh, you can either stand in one place and get left behind or you can move with the times. Absolutely. Well said. <laughs> nice okay. to you. Thanks very much. Lovely Thanks to be here. Stella, great to see you. Thanks for being on my show.